Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, 512 Friday. We play jams from local bands and artists uh, that you can hear live right here in the live music capital of the world. Very talented human beings. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Maylot, and she is playing Saturday at the Pershing. And you may recognize her if you've ever seen the video they do with Matthew McConaughey at the Moody Center. Uh, she is the singer in that. Oh, nice. There you go. My man Patrick always like hooking that. you up, letting you know where you can go uh, catch some of these very talented folks uh, do their thing. Uh, you can do your thing on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. We'll get back in the Super Wild Card Weekend. Raj ran of the day also talking about these quarterbacks uh, that we are getting a chance to see uh, on display for Wild Card Weekend. We'll talk about that coming up at 530. But let's get back to the matchups uh, coming up this week. Let's go to the AFC because we went to the NFC, talked about the Cowboys a little bit, also got into the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Let's go to the AFC side of things. And I think one of the strangest, I don't know if it's strangest, but it's definitely unprecedented uh, games uh, in terms of the line is the Buffalo Bills taking on the Miami Dolphins. We know there will be no Tua. Tua is not going to play. And right now it's looking like Skylar Thompson is going to be the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins uh, because Teddy Bridgewater, Ted the Spread, as he's known, Teddy Two Gloves uh, as well, uh, he won't be available. He's dealing with an injury. Uh, so the Buffalo Bills at this point, Harge, and I don't know where the line is uh, on your favorite book or even at my bookie. Last time I looked at it, it was 12 and a half. That's a humongous number. That's what yeah. goes back to the other one. But to your point, I think it's strictly because of what you saw with Ted the spread and not being the one that's going to be out there. Yeah. It is 13 and a half at Woo! your your favorite uh, spot, my bucky. 13 and a half. Get up to two touchdowns? Yeah. Um, the, the record for the wild card since 1990, since they started the wild card, the record uh, point spread for the wild card round was 11 and a half. They're about to knock that thing out of the water by like two and a half potentially? Yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah. 13 Whoa. and a half is the spread right wow. now. Over under is 43 and a half. But it goes back to what you talked about. That it's the Skylar fact uh Skylar Thompson factor. It is. There's no there's the offense looks like it is I mean, what did they win? 6 to 3 last weekend? They got to win ugly. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it was it was one of those situations where you're like the offense isn't moving. You look at Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You think those are going to be your guys, but you got to have a quarterback that can get the ball to them. And if that offensive line is is uh, folding to the pressure that is going to be brought by the Buffalo Bills, it's going to be tough for them to score points. They couldn't score last week against the Jets. No. 
Uh, I'm with you. I, I, there's a reason that that line is as large as it is in Vegas. Amen. They they know they know something. They know they know. <laughs> <laughs> Real done. I like that one. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. The bill, the bills and the bills have been phenomenal. I when saw a stat about the bills. Uh, they have their second. Basically, in the NFL, they lead, They have the lowest amount of punts in the NFL, I should say. Uh, they've only punted the ball uh, 46 times on the season. <laughs> Talk about a very wow. prolific offense. Yeah. And I, I love the weapons that Miami has, but without a quarterback who can get the ball vertically downfield to that track team that they have there with Tyreek Hill uh, and with Jalen Waddell, I don't really see how they're going to be able to be much of a threat. And there's a report that DeMar Hamlin – is doing so well that he might be not only at the game, but he might be leading them out the tunnel? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And if that's the case, they're going to get mollywopped. Miami going to get mollywopped. If, if DeMar Hamlin's there leading the team out the tunnel, yep. that's going to be so much emotion. I think it's just going to over overwhelm uh, Miami. And they already don't have their starting quarterback. So, to me, I see why. The, I guess the real question is, do they cover that big number? Do they do they cover the thirteen and a half or whatever it is? I think so. Think I so, think huh? they do. I mean, Might I'm not right. going to jump on it, but I I I think they do just because of what you just said—the emotional atmosphere that is going to be there if Ham Hamlin does show up. What they expect for their team, and they know that they have a huge opportunity in front of them um, to go out there and win that game and to. to set the tone for what's going to be expected moving forward, I think it's important. And by the way, the correct score last week was 11-6 to because, remember, they had that, that pass behind and they ended up the ball going out of the back of the end zone and the betters were like, what just happened? Another one of those <laughs> Vegas ones. That's right. But, uh, yeah, but again, they only scored six points in that game. Yeah. So there, there's no offense against the Jets. And we all know that the the Buffalo Bills is one of the best football teams in the NFL this year, and especially on the defensive side, even missing some of their main players on the defensive side of the ball. They still play good defense. Yeah, Buffalo, uh, one of three teams in the last 15 years to average at least 28 points and allow fewer than 18 points. Uh, they're the real deal. Yeah, um, They're going to they're gonna put it on Miami. And I think Miami's actually had a really good year, considering – if you make it to the playoffs with a third-string quarterback in your first year as a head coach, man, you're you can coach. Yeah. You can just flat. You just you can flat out coach. And I think that about Mike McDaniel. So I don't definitely think it was a bad year for Miami or anything like that. I think they're going to lose and they're probably going to get blown out. Uh, but man, making it and it's three uh, teams by the way this year made it to the NFL uh, playoffs with their third-string quarterback. Yep. You'll have Brock Purdy. He's balling out of control with the uh, 49ers ball. And then you'll have the Ravens because they're going to start. It looks like it's going to be, uh, was it Andy? Tyler? Uh, well, it looked, Tyler was, Hudley threw today. Oh, so really? So he was throwing. They okay. said that he well, worked on I the side. So you don't know for sure. They okay. haven't ruled him out yet. Okay. But to your point, well, it he, would be Anthony Brown. Okay, that well, would be I said, the quarterback. All right, Anthony. Yeah, I didn't. I right now, uh, if Tyler Huntley goes, then they are not in that group. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, <clears> that is the case. Um, but Anthony Brown was scheduled to be uh, the starting quarterback because of Lamar Jackson's injury, and Tyler Huntley was dealing with a shoulder and a wrist injury too, which is why he didn't play in Week 18. Right. Um, speaking of, I guess we can just move on to that matchup between the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, stay on the AFC side of things. 
What are your thoughts about this matchup? Because I think, you know, the Bengals are one of the hottest teams right now in the playoffs. They're going into the playoffs with eight straight wins. They've won 10 of their last 11. For some reason, and I really haven't really figured out why schematically, Joe Burrow doesn't have great games against the Ravens. That's mm-hmm. at least this season. This season, last season, he man, last season he he put it on him. Um, but this season, he got a twenty three point uh, five QBR, which was the second worst in the twenty twenty two season for him. Um, and he had a thirty two QBR, so he hasn't had great games. He actually only gained a first down on twenty seven percent of his passes in both game versus the Ravens last year. He was at thirty nine percent and fifty three percent of his passes uh, that in- end up gaining a first down uh, in their two matchups last season versus the Ravens. So the Ravens have a really good scheme uh, and a, a really good feel for how to game plan against Joe Burrow. Also, having Roquan Smith helps. He signed that big mega deal. I gave these numbers yesterday, and they are they are mind-blowing. So when Baltimore didn't have Roquan Smith, before they acquired him, I should say, they were allowing damn near 23 points per game, 20th in the NFL and allowing 364 yards per game. That's 24th NFL. After the acquisition of Roquan Smith, they're allowing 14.7 points per game. That's good for second uh, fewest in that time span and only 288 yards per game allowed um, in total yardage. That's third best. So they're a top five defense or be a top three defense in the NFL when they acquired Roquan Smith. So that is something to watch. It's a little bit because – Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to beat the Ravens, no question about it. But it may be a little closer than people think, and it may take the Ravens, a little, uh, uh, the the Bengals, excuse me, a little while to separate. Just because the Ravens' defense is it was with Roquan Smith, it is one of the better defenses in the league. It's Ro- trending that way, Roquan getting paid Smith as a request because of those numbers, right? They're Roquan like, got paid uh, for for his productivity. But I sit here and I look at this team and. You look at the the Baltimore Ravens, as great as they've been on defense, what are they going to do on offense? That How are they going to score in this situation, mm. in this type of game, in this type of atmosphere? We know how good Harbaugh is as a head coach. He's done a great job. You still have Justin Tucker as your secret weapon that you think you're going to put yourself in a position to win the game. But you have to get into a position for him to make a play so you can win the game. I just don't know how, if the quarterback position uh, isn't what we think it's going to be, how are they going to win this game? That's the biggest question for me. And mm-hmm. I do want to ask Fair. you this. What is your thoughts on the situation with uh, Lamar Jackson? Yeah, he came out and talked about yeah. the injury and finally came out there and talked about it, but Harbaugh doesn't want to talk about it. Do you think he – I'm not going to say he quit on his team because you've been in those locker rooms, Rob, when you start messing with people's money – and then the injuries start coming involved, and you know that he's the face of your organization and you haven't given him what he deserves, what people feel he deserves, or what he feels he deserves, Do you, you don't resent him for that, do you? No. I said this yesterday. It's actually – it reminds me of when you, you're trying to maybe console uh, a, 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 a group, a, basically someone in a relationship or two people in a relationship who maybe be having a fight about some whatever topic or some uh, specific issue, and you can see both sides have a very valid point, mm-hmm. right? I can see both sides of the argument from the Ravens and from Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson wants a guaranteed deal. wants the biggest deal um, at 
probably that's been signed up until this point for a quarterback. And he deserves it because, by the way, that's the precedent, right? Right. Usually, whenever you're up for a contract at the quarterback position, if you have played at a certain level, which he has certainly, you get to be the highest paid quarterback or the highest paid player in the history of the NFL for whatever time span, and you set the, the the market essentially for the quarterback position. The Ravens don't look like they're allowing that to happen. We know this is not going to happen because they the, the owners reset the market after Deshaun Watson's guaranteed deal and decided to not give Kyler Murray that yep. kind of contract. So right. maybe Kyler Murray is is part of this issue here too. But I think for Lamar Jackson, I get why he didn't want to uh, like why he doesn't want to play or. If that's part of the reason he's incentivized not to play because he wants his money and he deserves it and he's earned it. But from the Ravens' standpoint, this is why they don't want to give him a guaranteed deal. Right. Because your style of play exposes you to a higher risk of injury. And both sides can be right. Right. Both sides both are right. Both things can be correct. Both things can yep. be true. And that's I, right. I see both sides. It's a smart move for the Ravens not to pay him all that guaranteed money. They'll probably have to franchise him now, and that'll lead to a little bit of tension and angst in between Lamar Jackson's group or his uh, his party and representatives and the Ravens because no player likes to be franchised. They don't like the franchise tag. I know they still nope. get the big money, but think of it like a woman who you've been dating for five years, four or five years, and instead of giving her the engagement ring, you give her a promise ring. It could still be a diamond promise ring, but the ring needs to symbolize more. It needs to symbolize commitment. It needs to symbolize gratitude. It needs to symbolize that you want to build a future with that person. That's what the new contract symbolizes. Yep. And Essentially, the, the franchise tag is a promise ring. You get you get a nice promise diamond ring, but the guys don't <laughs> like that. They almost think of it as an insult. And so would your woman. Yep. She's been with you for five years, and you gave her anything but an engagement ring. She's going to look at you like, what the hell is that? You're like, I put a lot of money on this ring. She's like, yeah, but you need to get down on a knee. Yeah. And there needs to be a question behind the ring, not just offering me a promise. Just talking ring. about, hey, hold on to this for exactly. a little bit. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And that's what the franchise tag <laughs> represents to a lot of these guys. Because a lot of fans are like, why wouldn't you want to be paid like a top five player in the league? That's yeah. not that's not what it's about. Yeah. Well, and why? especially for Lamar Jackson, who basically, at the beginning of this season, he said, I bet you I can stay healthy and be a franchise quarterback. And they go, bet you can't. <laughs> and then they're going to go next year and go, double or nothing, bet you can't. I'm yeah. not going to pay you. I don't ever want to give you more than a one-year deal for the rest of your life. And as soon as you are injured, you will mean nothing to our franchise ever again. And that's how he's viewing it. Like, man, so as soon as I get hurt, your dome may kick me the curb. Yep. You don't want me no more. You don't want me to try and get better. And it, No, you're like, no. So I get him being like, don't. why don't you try and put some into me so maybe you'll try and protect me more. So maybe you try and get me some more weapons. Yep. Maybe you'll try and help my side of it. But as soon as – if you give me to sign this non-guaranteed contract – where you can get out in two years or three years, I know you're never putting anything back into me ever again. Yeah. Because you're just like, cool, we're going to use you, run you dry, run you like a car you don't even change the oil in. That's what they're trying to do with Lamar. Man, all, you see, point. all you see is yeah. smoke coming out of it. Yeah. You're talking about, what's wrong with that car? We didn't put no hey, oil man, in it. Hey, you need new tires. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be running that much longer. No, and, I, again, and you make great points there. And, get, and to add to that, you know, they're also going to look at the fact that when they're trying to recruit receivers via the tra- via transfer portal, via free agency, feels like that, uh, via free agency to try to help Lamar Jackson, there were guys that took less money to go elsewhere right? they didn't want to play with Lamar Jackson. I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I think that's what I'm getting I'm going back to, but like I said, both sides have va- very mm-hmm. valid points here. Yep. Like I don't think either side is wrong. Right. No, but I'll also say that narrative is a very Ravens narrative. 
the other narrative, they don't want to play in that scheme and that offensive plan that the offensive coordinator put on, out there. That could also be true. So yep. there is a there's a different flip side to that where it's that maybe they'll be like, oh, I play Lamar if you give me a coach who wants to throw the ball, but he knows Lamar doesn't throw as well, so I he wants to run the ball. He's calling the plays, not Lamar. Yeah. I agree, but that's the the narrative is because you're the quarterback and guys want to come play with you. Oh no, I get that. I'm just saying it's you know I mean? it's they, always slanted one way and you're like, but he ain't even calling the play, so it's not like He's not, but that's the same system. It's the reason he won MVP. Yeah. You put him in a different system. I don't think he wins MVP. No, he's I not agree. worth what he's worth right now. So it's like, which one are you going to choose? Because the system is, I, I do believe the system maximizes and weaponizes his skill set. If wide receivers don't want to play in the system, then they got to they gotta start drafting better wide receivers in. Right. Yep. Then you just keep drafting them, yeah. and then you know you. I think that's been the biggest. I think that's been the biggest disappointment to me. Mm. It's not. I don't. I could care less about the free agents. It's the lack of trying to draft the wide receivers to get there. Because mm. even though Devin Duvernay, who is, you know how I feel about him, he's one of the best yeah. players I've seen with his hands. He's not a big wide receiver. No. You look at all the big wide receivers across the league and the fact that they never get him a wide receiver at all in the draft because just like this texter told us, you paid Roquan, Roquan Smith before you play, paid the face of your organization. Yeah, it's a bad And an MVP, which is now even more reason for him to say, hell no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to sit out because somebody's going to get me. Somebody will get me some money. They will. Yeah, it's it's not good optics, and you're going down a path once you franchise him, which this is seems like an inevitability. They're going to franchise him. What he's going to be upset about the franchise tag, and and Patrick's right. They're going to try to double down. Yeah. on their theory or their belief that he can't make it through a 17 game season, which I think we all agree it's going to be tough for him to make it through a 17 game season just because of the way he plays. Does right. that? He still can end up making you a playoff team. Well, just yeah. has to play in twelve or thirteen games instead of seventeen games. Hell, and they know. are a playoff team, and they still are, a playoff and they still team. are a playoff team. Well, but the know, other point is, okay, <laughs> let's say that. But he's also, if you remember, at the very beginning of the year, he wasn't wanting to run <laughs> because he wanted to show everybody that he can throw from the pocket. He wanted to prove that he was a good pocket passer so you also take away that creativity that made him that MVP that put him in the the conversation across the league as one of the best and most exciting players in the league so you are sometimes hamstringing yourself because of those things yep uh, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. It's like I said, it's it's interesting. Bill. It really is. I don't know. Where, I don't know how it's going to end. I, I assume he's going to end up being a Raven. I just cannot imagine. And I say that, but some team could make them an offer they can't refuse. I just can't imagine letting an MVP quarterback in their prime leave your organization. Right. That's that's the voice. See, yeah, I mean, like you I said, mean, with the doubling down of it. When was the last time we saw an MVP quarterback in their prime? Leave their friends for any reason, whether a trade or whether they have we seen that did, MVP quarterback? Did Roger Staubach ever win an MVP? Because remember, he quit. Look at that. He was like, "I'm out of here. I'm not dealing yeah, with this." I, I, mean, look I, look I, I do have to look that up. It's I'm just, gonna look it's that just, up. Well, if it has, it hasn't happened a lot. Maybe one yeah. or two times it happened somehow, but it's very rare for an MVP quarterback or caliber quarterback to end up in their prime playing for another franchise within that. That prime window, yeah. I should say. Yeah, no doubt. Um, okay. Uh, interesting conversation there about Lamar Jackson. And they wish they had Lamar Jackson. They don't. So I think the B- the Bengals are going to roll. And the Bengals, like I said, they're one of the hottest teams right now in the NFL. Uh, throwing this out there really quick, though, the Bengals have had issues putting together an entire like four-quarter 
game of football recently. The last three weeks, they scored three points in the first half in week 15, zero points in the second half in week 16, three points in the second half uh, in week 18. It's weird. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. First time. <laughs> I mean, the way them numbers look, Ravens defense is better than people think. That's all I'm saying. But they will still they'll separate because the Ravens can't score. They cannot score. Score so it doesn't matter. They'll keep it close for a half maybe. Right. But after that, the Bengals will separate. There's no question. And just because of the fact too, Joe Burrow's (laughs) going to throw the ball at least 40 times in this game, just because that's what they do as the Bengals. Even with that good running game last week, he threw it 44 times. Yeah. Maybe even more than that, but. He feels so good about his arm and the weapons he has around him that it put it puts them in a different light, and that's why I believe they're going to be going to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll make our Super Bowl picks, but hard. You've said that before. You said that. You said that last week. You were yeah. picking uh, the Bengals to go back to the Super Bowl, back to back, back uh, to, to the Super back. Bowl. Uh, and that would be a hell of an accomplishment for Joe Burrow. Right. And I, and I, I I'm a big Joe Burrow fan too. I haven't made my pick officially. I will, but I do believe the Bengals. I'll go as far as saying they're definitely going to be, in my opinion, potentially in the AFC title game. They're one of my teams in yeah. the AFC title game. Yeah. Because it's just too hot. They're, and the experience they're that they have and the quarterback who doesn't ever seem to get phased, mm-hmm. no matter what's going on around them, the chaos. You talked about it uh, before the Super Bowl and into the, at the postseason. They – Led the league in sacks. He was the most sacked quarterback in the history. He was. And it still came down there. So those are the types of things that you just – and the moxie that he showed from his appendix this uh, offseason. Yeah, we almost forget that happened. Right. Yeah, you almost Remember, he didn't even it. play hardly in the That's in why the he started so slow. Yeah. He might be an MVP discussion right now. They know he is, but yeah, he might yeah. be a front runner in it if he had started so slow. Yeah. it's a good point. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, nice little nugget. Um, okay, let's get to uh, one of the other matchups here. We talked, of course, uh, a ton about the 49ers and the Seahawks. We started off the show getting into that, talked about the Cowboys. But we got more time to do that because they don't play till Monday. So we'll get back to that. Let's go to the Giants and the Vikings. Okay. We haven't gotten into this matchup uh, that much, but it's a really interesting matchup because these two teams, they it, basically, and I'll give you a couple of little factoids about them. They are basically the, the is one of the craziest matchups because you could argue these have been two of the most clutch teams in the NFL. Some say lucky too, whichever way you want to put it. Um, Minnesota has won an NFL record eleven games decided by one score. Uh, Minnesota, if you look at it, they didn't have when they played New York Giants last time. I mean, the Vikings didn't have a play longer than seventeen yards in that game. Mm-hmm. Right and and in the final like three and a half quarters, sorry. Basically, they got their big plays in their in their opening script. I should say that. And then after that opening script, they only had they had uh, didn't have one play longer than seventeen yards. They had, if you look at it, the uh, Minnesota Vikings all season long. They've been playing these comeback or fourth quarter games. This game is almost guaranteed to be a fourth quarter or a game winning drive um, type situation. Just because of the way both of these teams have played. The Giants, they're 4-4 in their fourth quarter comebacks. 5-4-1 uh, and one at game-winning drive opportunities. Um, they were 7-4-1 in close games. Minnesota, same thing. They were 8-0 in fourth quarter comebacks. 
eight and zero at game winning drives, eleven and zero in those close games we talked about. They even had four wins trailing by double digits in the fourth quarter. There, to me, if I if I had to pick any game uh, this weekend that I can almost guarantee is going to come down to a game winning drive in the fourth quarter or some game winning field goal. This would be it. This is this is this, this is, the, is one. the one you're rolling with. This is the one I'm rolling with. Okay. It's almost guaranteed to be a close game down the stretch because we're still not sure if Minnesota is the real deal. They've scored. They, <laughs> That's they're the right. First eleven win team, eleven plus win team in NFL history with a negative point differential. Right. It doesn't even make sense what they've done this year, but they still keep finding a way to win games, to put dubs on the board. And one of the reasons why they're able to win games is because they got an all-pro wide receiver in Justin Jefferson that is keeping them in mm-hmm. in those games. And I agree with you. When you start breaking down and looking at how the defense of the Minnesota Vikings is going to compare when you're trying to stop Daniel Jones <laughs> – I'm talking about on the ground, Daniel Jones. I'm not talking about throwing. And then Saquon Barkley. Saquon, is he, he stayed healthy this year. He's put up good numbers, and he's going to be able to go out there and participate at a high level in being able to run the ball against this Vikings defense. The Vikings defense ranks in the bottom five in points per game with 25.1. Think about that, 25.1 yeah. points a game. And – if they can, to your point, if they can keep it around that number and their their defense can stop somebody, it'll be okay if the, the uh, Giants can stop somebody. I love uh, Longhorn and Lovick says Vikings equal TCU. <laughs> that's, that's is it just bad. because they're purple? Uh, no, that's not bad, though. They just, they just seem to be almost like a team of destiny. They've gotten a lot of luck on yep. their side, and they haven't really that's had – That's very true. That's a had, great comparison. Yeah, I do. I love that yep, comparison. Yep, yep. Um, and – you go look at this, and getting back to the Minnesota defense, this is what concerns me. Minnesota's defense, you brought up the fact that uh, was scoring defense, you yep. said, mm-hmm. is toward the bottom. Towards bottom five. They're 30th in yards per play allowed, yep. 28th in scoring rate allowed, 31st in 20-plus yard plays allowed. And here's a little nugget for you. Last time these two teams played, uh, Minnesota found a way to win, and it was a was a game winning field goal, I believe. 61 yards. 61 yard game winning yeah. field goal. Yeah. And the Giants, by the way, they had a block punt in that game in the fourth quarter, and they lost a turnover margin. That sh- that game should not have come right. down to a field goal. Right. I agree. The Giants should have gotten beaten, you know, soundly in that game, and they didn't get beaten soundly. Um, but here's something to watch in that game: the New York Giants had um, they had big plays on offense. They actually don't get a lot of chunk yardage plays through the air. They only had 43 20-plus yard uh, pass plays all year long, but they had a season high five. Versus Minnesota. Yep, in that game, and that was the most of it. Matter of fact, they they threw for a season high four hundred forty five yards in that game versus Minnesota. Forty five dropbacks, I believe, by Daniel Jones, and you just talked about it. it took a sixty one yard field goal to beat them. This man, this is a this is a game that I can see going either way. The Giants have they they basically have trailed in sixteen games this season. NFL high. Right. Nobody's trailed more in, in their games than the Giants. They've trailed in 16 games, and they end up winning eight of those. So if they get down, they're not really going to panic, and I wouldn't be surprised. They want to throw the football in this game, um, too, because to, they threw it a lot in that game earlier this season, and they almost find a way, found a way to pull out uh, the win and pull out the dub. So 
I haven't made this pick, but I do believe this will be the closest game uh, of the weekend. It could go either way. And the other part of it is, Rod, you were giving up some of these numbers. They've given up 388 yards per game, Minnesota has, and 5.9 yards per carry. Mm. Or average play, not per carry, but average play, they've given up 5.9. Goes back to what you said at the very beginning. The point differential for them and their record does Um. not add up. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't add it, up at all. It, it, the, the Vikings uh, season don't make sense. Right. Like it doesn't make sense at all. Unless you're a Vikings fan. Unless you're a Vikings <laughs> fan. There you go. Um, but turnovers are a big thing to watch. The Giants' uh, turnover rate is a league low, uh, 7.3%. And also watch the Giants. The one thing they did in, in the first game that I remember, they played a lot of 7DB packages. I'm talking about seven defensive backs on the field. <clears throat> they played that for 22 plays. It was the most uh, plays for any team in any sport specific game this season by any team that had seven DBs on the field. So that's also something wow. uh, to watch. Yeah. Cause I think they were trying to, cause they're trying to keep up with those wide receivers yeah. and the great receivers they had, whether it be um, Hawkinson, or you're talking about Thielen, or you're talking about Justin Jefferson. They just know they didn't have enough DBs to keep up. So they just put more speed on the field. You think, to try it, to counter you, it. you think Thielen's going to be an X factor? Mm-hmm. I know Hawkinson will be one because he her cousin will. will definitely look at him, but yeah. do you think Thielen will be the X factor? And it's crazy to say that because he at one point was one of the hottest wide receivers in the league. Yeah, man, they're just they are just a lot deeper offensively in skill yep. position that people yep. people uh, give them credit for. We we don't even talk about Dalvin Cook enough, right? We, 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 we didn't even bring him up. We didn't right bring Dalvin Cook up in the <laughs> breakdown. That's what I'm saying. That's how loaded they are. Vikings got a lot. Their defense is their Achilles' heel. Yep. Every team in the playoffs has flaws. That's the beauty of it. Is your everybody's got flaws. There's no perfect team in the playoffs. Uh, how can you scheme and coach around your flaws? Yep. And how can you adapt on the fly week to week and keep continuing to win these games? That's what the playoffs are all about. All right, we come back. Um, I've always said that nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. And once again. In this postseason, proving me to be right. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Um, I've always said that really nobody has any idea what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. Uh, I'm sure that you have data points you prioritize and different philosophies when it comes to evaluation overall of the quarterback position. That's just part of their, the job, uh, being a coach and a quarterback evaluator. But time and time again, I think it, it, it's proven um, that m- most of the quarterback evaluation and development, a lot of it's luck. Now, there are coaches who I think have a, um, they have a better sense, more of a keen sense of how to do it. Obviously, the great, great Bill Walsh, famously, uh, well, probably had a lot of more success than others when it comes to the quarterback position. And the famous Bill Walsh quote was, <clears throat> very few people can coach the quarterback and even fewer can evaluate them. 
Um, and he was right. And he was talking about himself uh, in that situation, too, because even Bill Walsh had some off evaluations or some missed evaluation when it comes to quarterback because everybody does. It is arguably the toughest position to evaluate and develop in all of sports. Um, and there was a great story uh, in one of Bill Walsh's books that talks about the time that he asked all of his coaches about Steve Young. <laughs> and whether they thought it was worth it for the organization to invest in Steve Young. And uh, they talk about now it's revisionist history for the most part. Um, but Walsh um, had said that once he informed DeBartolo, who was the owner, about Steve Young, um, the deal was done in minutes. And the truth is he was stressing about the decision, and he wanted his coaches all right, to help him, to advise him on the decision about whether they should invest in Steve Young or not. Um, and in fact, he said he eventually held an emergency meeting with his staff, get all their opinions. Remember, he had a great staff, all right? His staffs are considered legendary and iconic. And <laughs> um, he had a staff meeting to ask all of his guys what they thought about trading for Steve Young. And though lots of people nowadays claim that they all, they knew that he was going to be great the whole time, um, a witness in the meeting who was there said, I'm here to tell you that when Walsh asked for a show of hands of those who supported making the deal, none went up. Zero. Not one coach <laughs> would support him trading for Steve Young. And I think what it shows you, and he said, by the way, Walsh knew better than any of them. He wouldn't made the damn deal anyway and decided, you know, to, of course, to I'm hell with y'all. I'm, the, yes, right. yeah, I'm glad y'all gave me y'all opinion. I'm going to do what the hell I want anyway. And thank God he did. 49ers fans are grateful for it. But once again, it just kind of shows you that not, I mean, sometimes you got to go rogue on these quarterback decisions. And by the way, it's just not a, you know, there's not a guarantee that it's going to work out no matter what data points they hit and no matter how sound your evaluation process is. Look at the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs right now, right? Geno Smith. Geno Smith, this is his third year basically starting double-digit games in his ninth year. He's leads the league in completion percentage. And nobody thought Geno Smith would end up being in the conversation to be the Seahawks' next franchise quarterback. Nobody. What did Geno say? They, uh, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back? I ain't write back. He's damn right. We all wrote him off. I was in a conversation. I wrote him off, too. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you write Gino off? He hadn't done anything. Gino's mama probably wrote him yeah, off. Yeah. Nobody thought Gino was going to go to the Seahawks and ball out like that and now become a, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. No, but quarterback's one of those positions. Really tough to predict what's going to happen. 49ers. Hell, I can tell you right now, he ain't going to admit it. Shano is stupefied by what happened at quarterback for him. Yes, no. And other than thanking the football gods, yeah, he he. There's other, and I will say this: I'll give them credit. They did stockpile quarterbacks. Good for them. They really like Brock Purdy, but they had no idea how this team was going to play out. Trey Lance, their starting quarterback, he ends up getting hurt early in the year. Jimmy G was supposed to be on his way out of town. Hell, they weren't even practicing with Jimmy G. He wasn't even he wasn't even working out with the team. Reportedly, he was on the on, on the field doing his own independent individual drills. Then Jimmy G comes back after Trey Lance gets hurt, and now your third third string quarterback Brock Purdy, pump fake Purdy, <laughs> is now playing like the best quarterback in the league, leading the league in passer rating, in passing touchdowns and yards per attempt since he became the starter. Anybody, any of us, and I'm a pump fake Purdy fan. You guys know that. Nobody saw pump fake Purdy doing what he's doing right now with the 49ers. Yeah. Not even the 49ers, no matter what they say. I don't, if they knew that, he'd have been starting from the jump. All right. Don't you let think? them tell you. Yeah, don't let them tell you anything different. What? 
They got Trey, Trey Lance started. He was the worst of all three of the quarterbacks. Yeah. He was the worst of all of them, and he started the season. Would they have, would they have <laughs> re-signed Jimmy G and done that contract had they known they had a backup quarterback? That's a great point. Now that is that is actually yes, a great point. Now Jimmy G did win some games for him. He, he did. Won. I'm yeah. just saying though, they yeah, made yeah, yeah. sure to get a contingency plan for Trey totally Lance. Totally agree. Because they didn't think Brock pretty good. Totally agree. Another great point. Uh, Daniel Jones. Talk about another guy we gave up on. Everybody yep. was done with Daniel. Remember Daniel yep. Jones' first three years in, the, in his career: twenty six fumbles and twenty nine interceptions. Danny Dimes, bro. Danny Dimes. Yeah, Danny. Exactly. <laughs> Danny Dimes. <laughs> this is the first year he deserves yeah. a nickname. <laughs> yeah. And but what I always say, you know, picking a quarterback is like picking a significant other. The woman you marry is not the hottest woman or man you ever dated. They're the one that was most compatible with you. All right, it's compatible with your beliefs and your values. That's what it comes down to. And Brian Dabble, really compatible with the skill set of Daniel Jones. And he molded that offense to make it uh, user-friendly for Daniel Jones. And like Lincoln Riley always says, if your offense ain't quarterback-friendly, then you need to get another offense. It's just that. Right. I, we were telling that to Sark earlier this year. Sark, your offense isn't quarterback-friendly. Steven. All right? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Steven. <laughs> but still, your offense wasn't quarterback-friendly, so you got to find a new system. Uh, look at hell, look at Dak Prescott for that matter. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, you almost had hell, Connor Cook or Paxton Lynch as your starting quarterback. That's who the Cowboys were evaluating as better quarterbacks than Dak Prescott. Hell, Dak Prescott was a third-string quarterback when he got there behind Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. And now Dak ends up being your franchise quarterback. I remember when Jalen Hurts was drafted. I went on these airways and said, I like the pick. It's a good pick. I can't tell you how much hate hate tweets and hate texts I got. People saying, you're an idiot. That was one of the worst draft picks I've ever seen. Doug Peterson should be fired, and he's a terrible coach. Well, Doug Peterson's not a terrible coach. He's a Super Bowl winning coach who just led the Jacksonville Jaguars to the playoffs, and he's going to develop another great quarterback, and it was a sound pick. You just have to build your offense around the skill set of a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. That's what Nick Sirianni did, and now he's an MVP candidate and a second-team All-Pro. Tom Brady. Need I say more? Mm-hmm. Six-round pick. Need okay. I say more? Understood. <laughs> no, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Say less. Right? Yeah. And by the way, give Bill Belichick credit because Bill Belichick is one of the few people that actually understands that nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. How do we know this? Because after he drafted Tom Brady, after Tom Brady became a Super Bowl winning quarterback, after Tom Brady became his franchise quarterback, he still drafted 12 other quarterbacks. Yep. He drafted Rohan Davey in the fourth, Cliff Kingsbury in the sixth, Matt Castle in the seventh, Kevin O'Connell in the third. He drafted Zach Robinson in the seventh, Ryan Mallett in the third. He drafted Jimmy G in the second, Jacoby Brissett in the third, Danny Etling in the third, Jared Stidham in the fourth, Mac Jones in the third. He kept drafting quarterback. Sorry, Mac Jones was already gone. But my point is, he knows, I don't know, he knows he found Brady by luck. That's he knows, like, man, I could have easily missed out on Brady. Brady could have easily went to the Browns, easily went to the Bills or somebody else. No, no. He came to the Patriots, and it was all luck. So, Bro, you said it, it, Rohan Davey got exactly. drafted. Ahead, ahead of where they drafted yeah. Brady. So, <laughs> Belichick already knew, no, 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 this is, right. most of this is right. luck. And luck is like, it's like winning the lottery. The best way to win the lottery is to buy a lottery ticket, first of all, and then the more lottery tickets you buy, the better chance you got to win. That's why he keeps Bring it in quarterbacks. Just keep drafting them, and I'll get the next Tom Brady. It took him a while. I think Jimmy G was the closest he got. Yeah. That was the closest he got. He's like, I'm really close. And what happened? They wanted to give Jimmy G the job, and Tom Brady said, oh, hell no. Robert Kraft, get that dude out of here. And they got him out of here. Won the Super Bowl. But my point being, nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. Look at Josh Allen. 
Yeah. How many how many scholarships did he have coming out of high school? Zero. Gusek had to go to JUCO. JUCO. How many uh, scholarships did he have? Offers did he have coming out of JUCO? One. Wyoming. Wyoming. That's it. <laughs> that only was said. So yeah, you're you saying there's a chance that kid might have something. And now, yeah. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. Yeah. You get me? All right, remember Lamar Jackson coming out? Oh, he's going to be a wide receiver. He's never going to be a great quarterback. Won the MVP, and now he wants to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. Yep. Nobody knows what they're doing when it comes to quarterback. You can prioritize data points, and you can have a different philosophy, and you can have your own evaluation process. But the truth is, it's mostly luck and the football gods that will determine it because there are so many factors and data points that you cannot quantify. The hard work, the process, the it quality. No doubt. You don't know if somebody just got that it quality. You don't know that what did the late great D. Carroll say about it? He was his greatest story about the it quality. He was on the field with uh, Willie Nelson, George Strait, um, and Mac Brown, and they were all hanging out. Coach goes up to Daryl K. Royal and says, "I want to be like you." Coach Royal says, "Well, if you have it, you'll make it. If you don't have it, you won't make it. And if you don't know what it is, you ain't got no chance to make it." The coach looked stupefied, walked off, didn't even ask another question. And Coach Royal said, "Hell, he ain't got it." <laughs> you don't know if a, 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 a that with you. you don't know if a quarterback's got it or not, or how yeah. much of the it quality he has. Y'all think we all knew Pump Freak Purdy had this much it? No, we did not. But he's got some of it. He's he oozing it right has now. Something. And it's a leadership quality. Carson Wentz drafted high. He's got all the the measurables. He's got all the the tangibles. But apparently in the locker room, guys don't want to follow him. Yeah. Period. Guys don't want to follow him. How about that fall from grace? Yeah, guys. Guys would rather follow Jalen Hurts. Yeah. They'd rather follow Taylor he- Taylor Heineke. They don't want to follow Carson Wentz. They would much yeah. rather follow, follow Nick Foles. They'd rather follow Nick Foles. You know what yep. I mean? Like that, there's yep. just that element, too, that yep. you also cannot really quantify. Um, so I, my point is that all these years people have tried to turn – you know, quarterback evaluation into a science. And, and science, you know, that's about the scientific method, things you can replicate over and over again, and you get the same results. And that's why they want to know your hand size and how tall he is and uh, how much velo does he throw with. And they're hoping that all of these little data points, they'll put them into some kind of algorithm and they'll spit out, this guy's yeah. the best quarterback. But the truth is, it's not a science. It's an art form. Yeah. An art form is about expression. All right, the art form is about creativity, and that's something they can't quantify in the evaluation process, and that's what the quarterback evaluation is all about, and that's why it's driving, you know, it, it basically drives scouts and drives coaches nuts because they really cannot get a handle on this, uh, this art, the art form yeah. of picking a quarterback and evaluating, developing one. See, but, but just like art. The, the, the more you can expand your thought process, expand your mind, right, then you start to look at the quarterback differently. You start to see a skill set like Lamar Jackson and go, I can do something with this. Yeah. You look at a skill set like Josh Allen and go, oh, I know it's an unorthodox skill set, but too, if, I, if I actually maximize them, this guy can become a, a force multiplier. You look mm-hmm. at those types of different skill sets that don't always fit the prototype, and you see the potential. Because you're looking at it like an artist would instead of trying to look at it like a science. Like you look at it like a science, you go, uh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Uh, that Lamar Jackson, that quarterback. Right. He didn't. Uh, he, you know, he he's, he works too much. He colors outside the lines too much. I don't like it. Too many factors I can't really account for. But if you look at it like in, from an artist artistic perspective, you go, Oh no, him coloring outside the lines. That's beautiful. 
Right. This is basically thinking outside the box. That means the defense, they got to get outside the box to try to, 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 to neutralize him and defend him, and they can't do it. Mm. That's the problem with it. Now the NFL is getting there. They're, they're, they're starting to change their philosophy a little bit about that and to get out of that old-school dogma. But looking at the quarterbacks, it, 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 it says it itself. It, are, it reveals to you. It's self-evident that nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterback. Just keep drafting them. Right. And praying. Hey, I mean, hopeful. <laughs> I'll throw one in there, too, of where you go into it, and it goes both ways in his career. Kurt Warner comes out, doesn't make the NFL, then nope. comes up, becomes a Super Bowl champion, MVP caliber quarterback, then goes to the Giants because the Correct. Giants now think That's the Giants right. now think well he's a great quarterback exactly. and we'll get him and then he's garbage <laughs> and then the Cardinals say I bet we can still get some out of him he goes to the Cardinals and, and he's take great him again to the Super, yep. take him to the Super Bowl yep. and you're like it's a thing of you can go both ways on it that they was underrated and overrated exactly. in the same period totally agree and you're just like if you use him right he's great compatibility right. yes. Yep. Right, I, I, I think they're getting it now, but I see it. I see it time and time again. That just uh, history repeating itself, going back to even like you said, Kurt Warner too. I'm sure we can go back to Joe Montana and some of that before that. Uh, all right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into a little off the record on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Ball Don't Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. We play jams from local bands and artists uh, that actually very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX, the live music capital of the world. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Van Wilkes. He is playing tonight at Saxon Pub. Uh, I know exactly where that is, too. Um, all right. Here's a story that's actually here from, from the state of Texas. It's from Dallas, um, and it's about a football coach who mm, lost his damn mind. Temporarily, uh, several Texas high school football players were hospitalized after their coach allegedly forced them to do 400 push-ups as a form of discipline, according to multiple reports. John Harrell, head coach at Rockwall Heath High School, was suspended and placed on administrative leave after a group of his players required medical attention following an off-season workout, according to Fox News 4. Harrell, who's been with the program since 2019, is accused of making the students do a large number of push-ups as punishment for the athletes. The alleged incident on Friday during an off-season Workout program. Um, school principal Todd Bradford sent a letter, a letter, excuse me, to parents saying students needed medical attention, with some requiring hospitalization. One parent whose child was hospitalized said the player players were made to do hundreds of push-ups in just an hour with no water break. Um, and a couple of the guys have been diagnosed with rhabdomyosis. Um, which can be fatal if it's untreated um, or left unattended to. Uh, the parent who didn't uh, wish, to be wish to be identified said that their child was diagnosed with rhabdomyosis, a severe medical condition. All right, Harch, what are your thoughts about this? Um, I mean, first off, we're not in junction anymore. So talking about no water breaks, you already know if you're a football coach, and I'm sure that there's been some other things that have happened throughout the years, you can't have kids denied from getting water. Like, yeah, yeah. That, can't that, that. you can't do that. Can't do that. I mean, you called it old school, whatever, but not in today's athlete. These guys have been pushed. They, they go hard. They do the things that they're supposed to do, but they need to be hydrated if you want them to perform at a high level. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that really drives me nuts. And then, of course, too, man, if people can't do push-ups, 
then don't make them do the push-ups. I mean, 400 in a short period of time? 400 in an hour, that's a, that's a lot of push-ups. I mean, I, I, I try to do some push-ups now still in my right. old age. Right. And I, I, I usually count down from like 20, like 20, right. 19, 18, right. like that. And that's, that's a lot for me. Right. And, and so, you got these kids, regardless I'm, of what great shape that they're in, yeah. that's still a lot. Because a lot. what did they do before that, too? They yeah. were probably working out. They were doing other things that are involved in it, and 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 again, I don't. I'm. Not, I understand hard work. I understand putting your time in. We all went through it. Mm-hmm. But there are sometimes where you were looking at the coach like, man, what is wrong with you, dog? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. There's other ways to do things besides that. We would we would lose. We would do crawl before you walk. Oh yeah, and um, that is the worst. And Mad Duck <laughs> would have us uh, crawl every. Five yards, you'd crawl and you'd have to do up downs, mm-hmm. um, and then as you up downs, you had to say uh, the the pride and the wing tradition of Texas Longhorns will not be entrusted to weak or the timid, and you do that five times, and every five yards you do five up downs while you recited the pride and the winning tradition of Texas Longhorns will not be entrusted to weak or the timid, and you would do that probably for two hours, and you'd see guys on the side just yeah. just throwing up. Just, I mean, they just couldn't take it. I understand um, pushing your body, but yeah, that, 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 but that, that was. was I'm saying, you they, got kids in a the hospital. They now. said this is punishment, and I remember that was kind of the only punishment we'd have after we would lose. That would be the punishment, and I guess these days that would be considered, you know, inappropriate. Abuse. Yeah, it'd be considered inappropriate these yeah. days. But yeah, uh, you said this is old school stuff. Yeah, not denying water though. We got water. Exactly. You got to finish the exercise. You got exactly. access to water. Not not denying people water. That actually, yeah, that's cruelty. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. That's uncalled for. Yeah. Yeah, That's worst thing we had to do was uh, a mile in defensive slides, basketball. Ooh. Uh, like, ooh. get on the track. Stay low. Down, and then they had, like, coaches, like the assistant coaches ooh. around the track. So when you start to get up, uh-uh. like, down. Yeah. You ooh. have to get back down. Hey, dude. Oh, man, that hurt for a week. Five. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine, yeah. All oh. that lactic acid building up in there. Oh, now, now you go cryo. Yeah. You can get in the cryo. Make sure you put some <laughs> on your feet, though. Yeah, we do. Uh, we do thousand yard shuttles with a with a weight vest on. That was also pretty damn hard. That was hell in the Texas heat. That was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I, we all did it, and we were probably you're right. Back in the day, a lot of this stuff would not be allowed uh, with the modern enlightenment yeah. of, of of medicine and uh, how to take care of your body. So um, hopefully they can resolve it. Actually, a couple of the players on that team, uh, Brady Love said. That they the players could have left whenever they wanted. The coach treated us with nothing but respect. He loves every single one of us like his own. Bruh. So not every player on the team um, believes that the coach was out of pocket. Bro, if you leave, oh, we all know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, coach, yeah. I love coach. You know, I coach, coach said it too. Yeah. You can leave whenever you want to leave. <laughs> exactly. Your door's right there. Get the hell out of here. Exactly. Don't want it. Exactly. Like, if like, you oh. can leave, but you can't get water. <laughs> I think we know what leader means. <laughs> you can live, but you, you can't can get live. water. Coach loves us. Okay. <laughs> it's called Tough Love Hearts. Exactly. All right, we'll come right back. We're talking about Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll give our Super Bowl uh, predictions, all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful, not in the horn.